morning. Let's stand this morning and celebrate the fact that we are alive. Come on, sing it. Do you see what I see? Wake up, sleeper, 
of the Lord today. Amen. Aren't you glad you're here today? The presence of the God is manifest here and is air conditioning here. Little child just said, yay. Praise God. And I know the people at home who are watching us also are receiving the blessings that come from God whenever we gather together in unity. That's Psalm 133. Read it. And as I hear the words of that song where we're told to look and I'm thinking, that's God telling us, don't look at the world and ourselves the way we normally would. 
He wants us to look with God's eyes, with the eyes of Jesus. The world will tell you that you're nothing, that there's no need to even try to wake up in the morning. Has ever told you that? But God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're special. Amen? So special that God says as believers we're new creations in Christ Jesus. We're forgiven, thanks be to Jesus, to the blood of the Lamb that he shed on the cross for us. Brothers and sisters, we're redeemed. Did you know that? Say, I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. That's something we need to say all the time, every day. Make that your your mantra, your declaration before God. Hallelujah. You know, what we say matters. What we say has great power in our lives. Let's go to our Bible reading today. It comes from the book of Romans. Chapter 6, starting with verse 8. Paul says, But if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let's all try and do that. Let's make that our Christian endeavor. Amen. Praise God. Let's go before the Lord humbly in prayer, my brothers and sisters. Oh, what an honor, what a privilege to take every care, every worry, every problem to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we clear our minds and focus on you, on your magnificence and greatness, your love, we just want to tell you, oh God, how much we love you, how much we adore thee. We exalt your holy name. Christ Jesus, we lift you up higher than the highest mountain. You sit high, your word says, and you look low upon us. Your ways are not our ways, and we are so grateful for that. That gives us hope. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you will shepherd us as you have been doing all through our lives. Continue to order our steps, O God, according to your word, your will, your good pleasure, not ours. Thy will be done in our lives, for that is the best thing for each and every one of us. Lord, we ask that you will bless the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart, that they be acceptable in thy sight, O God. And let us never forget, O Lord, that you are our strength as well as our blessed Redeemer. Father God, please bless the service today. All that, all those who are here today, those who are home watching, who thought of not robbery to turn on the, the TV or the computer and hear the word of God being preached today, to enjoy the service of praise and worship. For there you inhabit. And as our praises go up, O oh God, you assure us the blessings will indeed come down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that promise. For the blessings of the Lord still maketh rich. Amen. And addeth no sorrow. Lord, we ask that you bless the people of this world, of this country. Bless the people, dear God, 
of Ukraine. Watch over them, Lord. Shield them from the dangers of what they're going through. God, we pray for Jerusalem and for its peace, as you have instructed us to do. Bless Pastor Roger as he and the Boy Scouts are out having fun in the sun on their little jamboree. And we ask that, God, that you bless the praise group and uh, Pastor Bill as he brings forth the word of God. He did a great job last night. So we look forward to it again. Lord, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. In the matchless, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. God bless all of you. Praise God. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Our Scout Troop 902 is on a camping event from July 24th to 30th at Camp Goshen in West Virginia. Pastor Roger is on the trip as well. During this time, the Scouts will work on merit badges, growing as individuals, and growing spiritually. Please take time to pray for our scouting ministry, the Scouts, and all the leadership as they lead these children to grow in their faith. Jerusalem Marketplace VBS concludes this Wednesday, July 27th at the Bear Campus with a celebration night from 5.30 to 8 p.m. The evening will include food, games, inflatables, crafts, and great fellowship. Even if you and your children have not been able to participate, we invite you to be with us for this night of fun. Last September, we hosted our first Community Day, and it was such a great time. We are preparing for this year's Community Day on Sunday, September 11th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be food, games, inflatables, prizes, and we will have special guest Carolina Sound, an a cappella group from the University of Mount Olive in Mount Olive, North Carolina. This is a great opportunity to invite someone to come to church with you on that day. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. be in God's house today with your brothers and sisters. Amen. No better place to be, whether you're in the room or whether you're online. We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that we get to acknowledge God for who he is in our lives and give him praise and glory for that. You know, we say this all the time, so it's not new, but if you're seated at a table, well, it would be new if it's your first time here, right? If you're seated at a table or at a chair, you'll see a connect card. If you're online, you can find a connect tab. The purpose of the connect card is to, one, let us know who's here. But more importantly, at the bottom of the connect card, you have the opportunity to list a prayer request or a praise report. 
if you're in the room. If you're online, you can also click the prayer tab, and we will take your prayer request, pray for them confidentially throughout the week, lifting your concerns up before our Father because we know that God hears our prayers, and he likes it when we pray for or intercede on behalf of each other. If this is your first time here, we are so happy that you've chosen to worship with us today. If you're in this room, as you leave the celebration room to your left, you'll see a welcome center. Please stop in. We'll offer you a small gift and just give you a big hey, high five. So glad you're here. If this is your first time here and you're online, please click the New Here tab. We'll ask for some information, not a lot. And Pastor Vaughn's Family Care Ministry will reach out to you throughout the week. Also, on your table, you'll see um, a message card. The purpose of the message card is to just jot down notes throughout the week that you'd like to follow up on or things that you'd like to remember that you hear in the sermon. And the sermon is very powerful. There are a lot of takeaways in the sermon. So please don't hesitate to write down some message notes. And lastly, on your table or at your chair, or you'll see an offering envelope. If you're online, there is a tab for giving, which you may click. Online, you can give a one-time gift or a recurring gift. It's up to you. But you can fill out the offering envelope, and you can also record prayer requests on the offering envelope. Um, So here at Christ the Cornerstone, we have 10 principles on giving. And it's very important to understand that giving is not only giving um, financial resources that you have, but giving comes in the form of sharing with others the gifts, the talents that God has given you. It looks like spending time helping others who need your help because that's what God commands us to do. So there are many ways to give, and, and I hope that you pray on and reflect on them all. So this week, of the principles, we have 10, and we are on principle 10, and I'd like for you to all say it with me if you will. We give cheerfully, and there is a Bible verse that goes with that that I'd like you to all say with me. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So whether it's your time, your talents, your treasures, please give cheerfully. And I ask that you stand with me as we pray and remain standing as we continue in worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this is the day that you made. We are rejoicing and we are being glad in it. We're rejoicing no matter what our circumstances, God, because we know whether we are at a valley high, mountain high, or valley low, that you are with us. So thank you for the precious anointing of your Holy Spirit that comforts us and keeps us. Father, we lift our offering and our praise to you now, and we ask that you bless it. We ask, Lord, that you bless the gift, and we ask that you bless the giver. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to use these gifts for the purpose of advancing your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing.
what situation we are in our lives, God is able to provide a way out. Even when we don't understand it or know it or see it, He's always good. Amen. The road runs dead, you, you can, can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense if you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise from Eden to Zion, from every dead end and out of that grave. I don't know how you make a way. scripture about miraculous events or healings or provisions 
whatever he did then, he can still do now because he is the same God. Amen. God, we worship you today. We thank you, God. We thank you that you never change. And Lord, it's that confidence that we take into every place in our lives. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. For me, for me. Come on, sing it. I know. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I Never changes, never changes. Hallelujah. You hurt your children then. You hear your children now. You are the same God. 
You're the same God. You're the same God, yeah. How we need you now, yeah. take a minute and you right where you are just invite the Holy Spirit into your space his word says where two or more are gathered in my name there I am and so surely he's in this place with us no special hoops to jump through no list of things that we have to do except to be here in his name and to welcome his Holy Spirit but not only does he want to be in this place he wants to be in this place And that's a personal decision that we have to make. So today, Holy Spirit, we call on you. Almighty River, come and fill us again. Come and fill us for the first time. Come and strengthen us today, oh God. We ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to just move among us. Holy Spirit, do your work, we pray. We invite you to be with us today. There's somebody here. I don't... I just know that God wants... Maybe it's for all of us. God wants us to realize that he isn't stuck back there. When we're reading through the scriptures and we see all of the powerful and mighty things that he did, we need to remember that he did those, yes. But he continued to do those for generations and generations and generations. He's still doing those miracles. He's answering prayers. He's healing diseases and he's healing sicknesses and he's healing financial burdens and he is the same God. It's more than just a song. It's more than just words. He is the same today that he was back then. And we need to walk through our lives knowing that. Not just thinking, okay, well, I know he did it then, but he's doing it now. He wants to do it now in your life. He hasn't changed. And your whatever you're dealing with is not too big or too hard for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right now we're going to have April come. When we, um, after we finish praying, we ask that you send your children to meet April by the exit sign that's right there. But right now let's look to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the same God. The God of Moses, of Abraham, and of us. We thank you, Lord, for being the solid rock 
on which we can stand, which we do stand, because all other ground we know is sinking sand. Father, right now, we turn to you because we're going to hear a word from you. We ask that you open our ears, that you open our eyes, that you open the windows of our heart so that the message that you had your servant prepare just for us falls deep and not on fallow ground, Lord. Let your word transform us, change us. We lift Pastor Bill before you right now. And we ask that you make a mighty move of your Holy Spirit. Anoint him anew like a mighty rushing wind. Let us all be changed and conform to the purpose of your will in our lives, Lord. We ask these things in the mighty, matchless, most precious name. The name that you say when we call on you, hear our prayers. Incline your ear to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. Amen. Good morning again. We all have a place where we belong, right? A place where God has chosen to fit us. And if you're here in this room this morning, you belong. Whether it's your first time here or your 151st time here, you belong here because God has called us all to be here. Pastor Roger, you've probably already heard through a couple of prayers, is off this week camping with the scouts. And so uh, I would much rather be here in an air-conditioned room bringing you a message than driving to Virginia to go camping with some Boy Scouts. Not that there's anything wrong with Boy Scouts or camping. I'm just glad to not have to do it this week. Uh, so they'll be, uh, they're traveling to Virginia today, and they will be back uh, next Saturday. Uh, so the, the plan is, I, I was talking to Pastor Roger on Friday, Thursday or Friday, and uh, so I said, what's your travel plan? He said, well, we're planning to be back here 2.30 on Saturday. I said, so I should probably have a message ready to preach on Saturday night. Uh, he said, yeah, you might want to do that. So I don't know if that, you know, traffic or whatever, but we'll just pray that they're back. Because uh, if you come next Saturday night, you'll either get him, me preaching, or me just singing a whole bunch of songs. <laughs> either way. But welcome today. We're in part 15 uh, of our series, You Belong. And the title of today's message is, We Are Better Together. We are better together. Some of the hardest moments that I've ever experienced in my life, I've experienced those because I feel isolated. Maybe even in a room full of people like this. Maybe you're here this morning and you're sitting in a room full of people and you feel all alone. I have been there. I know what that feels like. God does not want us to experience that. He does not want us to feel that way. 
So in today's message, we want to take some practical steps to try to help remedy that. So here's a key phrase that we want to remember that you're probably going to hear over and over again uh, today. So it's going to be on the screen. I want you to read it. We were created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. We were created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. Now, I don't know why that is uh, for sure for everybody. I know in some areas, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, why it's true in my life that I tend to drift towards isolation. But we were made for connection to God and to others. And I want to highlight two passages of Scripture uh, right here at the beginning. The first is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, verse 9 and 10. It says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. And this is so powerful. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. We looked at this several weeks ago in the early stages of our uh, series that we're in now. Beginning in verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made a part of the dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We're all stones being fit together for the kingdom of God and for his church. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if we think that our stone is worthy of being. I was looking at a couple of different types of walls when I was thinking about this concept. I was thinking about the concept of building a wall. And I don't know if you, some of you guys I'm sure are on social media and sometimes I can get totally sidetracked by watching reels. And I will watch them for an hour or more. And for some reason, uh, somebody has seen fit to put in my algorithm, I get all these bricklayer uh, reels. And I, these guys are fashioning beautiful brick walls. But all the bricks are the same size. They're all the same composition. They all look the same. They all take up the same space. But that's not how we are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more like if you go out to uh, Brandywine Creek State Park, there's a wall up there that surrounds part of the picnic area. That I, I go up there and run sometimes. And, and there are all these stones that make up this wall. And they are All kinds of different sizes. Some are large, some are small, some are round, some are square, some are, you know, some have uh, contour, some have, uh, some are just flat, some are, you know, have flat edges. But somebody managed to put all those stones together to make a functional, really cool looking wall. And that is, I believe, what God does with us in the kingdom. It doesn't matter, you look in the, I, I go and I look in the mirror every day and I think, why in the world? Would God use somebody like me? Well, because that's his choice. The same reason he would use somebody like you. But in order to do that, in order to make that most effective, we have to be connected to other people. So we are no longer strict. We've all been adopted into the family of God. You understand what the concept of adoption is, right? You weren't born into a family, but somebody came and chose you, and they said, I want you to be a part of my family. That's what God did for us. So he wants us to be connected with him. So when we think about this concept of being connected or disconnected, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at or studied the, the uh, habits of lions when they're hunting. 
Now, lions, if they hunt in a pack, it doesn't matter. They just go after a whole bunch of whatever it is that they're hunting. But if a lion is hunting by himself or herself, they will go out and find a pack of whatever it is that they're trying to hunt, or they will find one that's alone. If they're in a pack, if whatever they're hunting is in a pack, they will wait until one of them wanders off, and then they move in. And guess who else works that way? The enemy of your soul works that way. When he sees us disconnect ourselves from the rest of humanity, from our family, from our church family, from somebody in our lives that we can be accountable to, uh, that's when the enemy moves in. So there are several things that tend to keep us from that. One of those things, I believe, one of the the big things is uh, shame. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. And if anybody really found out who I was, they wouldn't like me. I'm not the only one that thinks that. Come on now. If, it, if, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't like me. And that's what we all think. So instead of inserting ourselves into other people's lives, we say, you know what? I'm just going to stay over here and I'm going to do this by myself. And it doesn't work that way. Because we were created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. So how do we keep from drifting toward isolation? I want to give you three things that we can think about today. Uh, briefly, to uh, help us not drift towards isolation. And the first one is to remember God's faithfulness because everybody needs God. Everybody needs God. All right? Can we, we can just agree on that, right? Joshua uh, chapter 4 tells a really cool story about how they, when they crossed into the promised land, uh, you know that Moses led them out of Israel and uh, up to the Red Sea, and God commanded, God told him, stretch out your arms, and the Red Sea will part, and walk across on dry ground. They did that. Then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and Moses had passed on, and it was time for Joshua uh, to take the, the uh, nation of Israel into the Promised Land. They carried with them this box, and that's an oversimplification of what it is, but that is where the presence of the Lord lived, and it's called the Ark of the Covenant. And it was very precious, and there were certain things that there were all kinds of rules and and stipulations and things that they had to do to keep it safe and keep it secure so that the presence of God would continue to go with them. So the priests that were charged with carrying the Ark of the Covenant across into the Promised Land, guess what? They had another water crossing. This time it was the Jordan River. So God told Joshua, tell the priest when they put their feet in the water, Then I will part the waters and you can walk across on dry ground. So I'm going to take a real quick tangent here and tell you that there are two ways that God is going to open up opportunities for you. Sometimes it's going to be Red Sea, plain as day. You get an email from God. Hey, here's what I want you to do. That's how plain it's going to be to you because it's a Red Sea moment. Other times it's a Jordan River moment where God is saying, you move first. And then I'm going to show up and I'm going to take you across. So they walked across on dry ground. The whole nation walked across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. That night, Joshua instructed one representative from each of the 12 tribes to go and get a stone and to bring it back to the place where they were going to be staying. And when they did that, they built this monument. And here we pick it up in chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. 
And there's a little bit more explanation here. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all of the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So we remember God's faithfulness, and how do you remember it? With some kind of monument. What are you building? What monuments are we building to God's faithfulness where we can pass by that again? And it doesn't have to be a physical. I don't have any physical. Well, I guess I, I can't say that. I have a few things that I, that I own that some of them are in my office and a couple of them are in my house. But I have them because when I tend to doubt the faithfulness of God, I look at those things and I go, you answered prayers back then and you will answer now because you are the same God. Amen? So we remember God's faithfulness. One, one story that, that uh, really kind of highlights this for, for me is uh, my wife and I were poor college students, and I mean poor college students. We, uh, I went to Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, and uh, we lived in, technically it was on-campus married housing, but the campus, the school was so ashamed of us that they put married housing like two miles away from the campus. So we were like, over here. You guys stay over there and come to class and then leave us alone, apparently. So um, we were, and, and, and we had gotten to a place where there was no food in the house. Now, this is not like your teenage kid who comes to you and says, there's no food in this house. And what they mean is there's nothing here that I want to eat. So go get me what I want to eat. I mean to tell you that there was no food in our house. And we had our daughter, Bethany, who was a baby at the time, and she's going to be 30 in a few weeks. So, um, we needed food. So we were connected with uh, this group of people on campus and especially at the uh, married housing complex where we lived. And uh, one day, this girl that my wife was connected with and they did Bible studies together, she showed up at our door, knocked on the door, and she said, uh, someone has given me instructions that I'm... that I'm supposed to take you to the grocery store. She didn't have an amount of money with her. She said, you buy whatever you want, and it's going to be taken care of. Not just, here's, a, here's 50 bucks, go get some food for your family. I'm taking you to the store, and my instructions are to let you get whatever you want, and it's covered. That's the, that's the provision of God, because we had no food. But God showed up. And I think about that story sometimes. And I just think, God, how is it that I ever get to the point where I doubt what you might do in my life? So we remember God's faithfulness because everybody needs God. Second thing we do is we rely on God's people because everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. Now, here's the key, though. You need the right somebody in your life. Because we've all experienced having the wrong somebody in our lives, right? And when we have the wrong people in our lives, it brings the wrong result, and it leads us down the wrong path. But when we have the right people in our lives, 
who will ask the right questions at the right time, who will challenge us with, hey, uh, maybe that's not quite what the Scripture says. Or maybe that's not quite the direction that we should be going in this particular situation. Somebody to challenge us with that. And I have people in my life that do that for me. And I am so thankful for those people. We got to see some of those people last week. We have, we have, you know what the concept of tribe is, right? Now, I looked up in the dictionary uh, tribe when I was preparing for this message. And, and uh, I love dictionary definitions, but sometimes it's the third or fourth or fifth definition of a word that really kind of sticks with me. And that's what uh, this particular one was. The definition, this was actually the fifth definition uh, in the dictionary for, a word, for the word tribe. A group or class of people with strong common traits, values, or interests. Strong common traits, values, and interests. When we have the same values, I'm looking out for you. When you have the same values as me, you're looking out for me. Not in a judgmental way, but in a guardrail kind of way. There's a difference, you know, between being judgmental and putting up guardrails. Everybody understand that? Everybody tracking with that? So we have people in our lives, when we have, when we have people in our lives that don't judge us but help us to put up those guardrails, then they are a tribe. Now we had that, uh, we had a 15-year ministry in Pittsburgh, and we have um, a group of people that we call our tribe. And we got to see them a couple of weeks ago. And when you sit with people like that, it's like, I mean, you haven't seen them in two or three or four years, but it's just like you just saw them last week. And it's not that we live in yesterday's grace. It's just we just pick up and we continue with life as it is now. And we talk about the things that are going on in our lives, the things that God is doing, and we, the things that we wish God would do. And, well, you know, maybe if you would think about this, maybe God would move in a different way. Because they challenge me. And they, they, this, this is the group of people in Pittsburgh that helped me up until we went there. We went there in the year 2000. Uh, I had worked for a couple of pastors had told me, you know, as a pastor, you've got to appear to have everything all together. Because how are people going to come to you when, with, with their needs and come to you for advice if you don't have it all together? Well, I think the opposite is true. I think if you understand that I have things that I struggle with as well as you, I mean, if, if I don't have any problems and you come to me with a problem, I'll be like, I don't know. I've never been through that before. I don't know what to tell you. But because I struggle with things just like you do, and these people helped me to, to um, because I was always, but before, when, when, before we went there, I was always hung up on being called Pastor Bill. And now I'm just regular Bill. I don't really care. Because like you, I put my pants on one leg at a time. Every single day. And we all walk through similar circumstances. So I'm not just because just because I am a pastor doesn't put me up here and you down here. We're all just regular whoever. And we all have a calling and we all have a mission and we all have a ministry. And we leaned on each other a lot. And we still do to a great extent. And we need people in our lives that we can lean on. We need people in our lives that when they say, how are you doing? They don't mind the real answer. And so the other side of that is true. You need to be someone in somebody else's life that when you ask, how are you doing? You stick around for the real answer. You don't just say, oh, you don't just let them say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Ah, no, no, no. 
somebody that you can lean on. But we have to get to the point, we have to make sure that, and I don't know what the litmus test is for you as, as to whether or not you can trust somebody. I know the steps that I go through uh, when I'm getting to know somebody to see if I can trust them, but we've all probably experienced uh, you know, sharing something with somebody that you know, we really didn't want other people to know, and then that person takes it to their prayer group as a prayer request, uh, but it's gossip, plain and simple. So you need somebody, and I, I have somebody, I have a couple of somebodies in my life that I know that if I tell them anything, it doesn't matter what it is, not another soul on the face of this earth is going to hear it. You need to be connected with someone in your life because we should not have to carry those things alone. And yes, God walks with us and he helps us to carry those things, but we need somebody here on this earth with skin and bones that carries our burdens with us. And we need those people in our lives. The third thing we need to do is we need to release the power of our story. We need to release the power of our story because everybody needs God, everybody needs somebody, and somebody needs you. Now, the other two, the first two of those, we can just look at as blanket statements. Yeah, I agree. That Amen. Everybody needs God. Yeah, amen. Everybody needs somebody. But somebody needs you. It's like, oh, now I have to make a decision, and I have to take action, and I have to insert myself in someone's life and be that for someone. Because you have a story. And it might not be a glamorous story. Your story might be, That God saved you from a wretched life of sin at the age of nine. But it takes just as much grace to do that and to keep someone through that as it does to have some glamorous story. Now, I grew up as a sheltered little church kid. And I won't tell you that I didn't do stupid things and walk away from God for a while, but I was pretty sheltered. And I was very, very blessed. And I, I was in the 11th grade before I knew someone whose parents were divorced. That's just how, that's just the community that I grew up in. Now, my wife, on the other hand, many of you know part of her story, and I won't tell the whole story, but she gave me permission to do this. She was in 14 foster homes before she was 12. And then she was adopted, and then there was abuse here, and then there was abuse there. And it's a, it's a, I mean, I don't know how I would live through a situation like that, but you see her up here every week, and God is... God moves by His Spirit in her on a, on a daily basis. I see it every day. And I'm so proud of the work that she has done to get her to the place where she is, the work that God has done in her. But she didn't do it by herself. And she didn't do it with just her and I. She did it with the help and the encouragement of other people in her life that she could lean on. The story of David and Goliath is such a powerful story, isn't it? It's so powerful and such a prominent story that we even use that illustration to, you know, if, a, if, a foot, if two football teams are playing each other, the best record and the worst record. This is a David versus Goliath situation, and, and we use that in, in everyday life. Uh, we sang just a, a few minutes ago, uh, I may not, I'm calling on the God of David, who made a shepherd boy courageous. I may not face Goliath. But I've got my own giants. You and I, everybody in this room, everybody watching us online, we have our own giants that we wrestle with and that we struggle with. And having somebody to lean on and having somebody to share those things with is extraordinarily important. 
Because we need God, but we need each other. Amen? The uh, root system of uh, giant redwood trees is fascinating to me. And I've studied it a lot. And, and um, so I, I kind of wanted to use it again for an illustration to close this message today. Uh, those of you that know trees uh, know that most trees, uh, especially like oak trees, elm trees that you see out growing by themselves, uh, most trees have a giant root that comes out of the, the center of the trunk and grows straight down. That's called a tap root. The tap root anchors the tree to the ground. And then they have other roots that are kind of stabilizing that go out um, and that helps the tree stand up. But you know, you can see an oak tree or an elm tree or a pine tree or something like that just standing out by itself. But redwood trees are different. Now, redwood trees can grow to over 300 feet tall. You see a picture of some right here. Right now, uh, in an article that I just read leading up to this week, right now it's estimated that up and down the West Coast, there are approximately 75 redwood trees that are over 375 feet tall. So they are big. 300 feet is the length of a football field. So they're also big in diameter. They're also huge, 30, 40, 50 feet in diameter. This kind of gives you a little bit of a... you got this little kid, these two little kids right here that are trying to wrap their arms around a tree, and they're not even going to come close because that's how big they are. But what's fascinating about redwood trees is that their root system is so different that there is no taproot with a redwood tree. So there is no root that goes straight down into the ground that anchors it. They have hundreds and hundreds of roots that grow out in every direction, 100 feet, 150 feet, all around in every direction. And because they grow in groves and not by themselves, the strength of the root system of a redwood tree is in the intertwining their roots so their roots go out and they find other roots and they wrap themselves around each other in every direction so when the wind starts to blow and the storm comes these trees literally hold each other up that's how God wants us to live he doesn't want us to be an island he doesn't want us to be a majestic oak tree standing out by ourselves and yes we have an anchor Jesus is our anchor we understand that that Jesus is the anchor that we need but he has chosen to put us in fellowship with one another and whoever you are wherever you've been whatever you've done you belong you belong in his family you belong here you are worthy of what God wants to do in you. And you are worthy of having that as a part of your life. So we remember God's faithfulness. We rely on God's people. And we release the power of our story. And those are, those are the three catchy little points that all have the same letter at the beginning. But here's the impact of it. Everybody needs God. Everybody needs somebody. Somebody needs you. Somebody needs me. So the question is today, 
Are we going to decide to do that for someone? Would you stand with me today as we pray? Joining us online today, if you, there are several ways that you can connect with us. If you're online, you can reach us through Facebook or through our Instagram, through our email. You can email us. You can call the church office. You can click in the chat if you want somebody to pray with you. Uh, as we uh, prepare to, to uh, spend some uh, time in worship here in the next few minutes, the front area altar will be open for you to come pray. If you want to pray by yourself, if you want people to pray with you, uh, there will be people at the prayer stations back there at the back. Don't leave today or don't sign off online today until you, if you need someone, if you need, to, if you need someone to pray with you or pray for you, make a decision today. Maybe on your Connect card, if you make a decision for Christ today, you can let us know on your Connect card, either here in the, in the building or online. And we'd love to rejoice with you. We'd love to reach out with you. If you make a decision for Christ, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. God is moving by His Spirit. Amen. And today, our decision is, are we going to choose to be a part of someone else's life, or are we going to choose to continue to drift toward isolation because isolation is not good and that's not what God wants Father we thank you for this day and God we just ask you Lord in these moments that we have together in worship that you would move among us by your spirit Father you would touch us help us to see you and help us to decide to be a part of someone else's life we pray in Jesus name Amen Let's worship together. Come, all you weary. Come, all you saints. Come to the fountain, to the edge of the bank. And now turning, jump in the river of grace. Spirit is searching, hearts are returning, jump in the river of grace. I am not who I once was, my whole life has been changed. Met the forgiver. And now this sinner will never be the same. He took my burden. He took my guilt. He carried the hurting of Calvary. To give me his breath, oh, now my future is seen. I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. 
change that you make in us when we allow you to. Lord, as we go today, we pray that your spirit would go with us in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping today. If you're not already a part of one of our life groups, one of our small groups, you can call the office. You can look on our website and there is a group. I promise you there is a group that you can connect with, that you can begin to insert yourself, make yourself vulnerable to someone. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. Have a great day.